0: Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church message podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we're in week four of our series, More Than Conquerors. And so I just want to pray over the word. If we could just close our eyes and give God a moment and this. Heavenly Father, to thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp to our feet that it guides our paths, it, it guides our thinking. And I just pray that you would help illuminate things in each of our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is our fourth week, and I've entitled today, What You Do. What You Do. It's pretty cool, isn't it? What You Do, you're thinking, what's this about? And before I do that, I encourage you, why don't you invite someone to church next week? how are they going to come to church if they don't get any invites? So I encourage you to invite people to church. And so in the last few weeks, our key scripture has been um, Romans eight thirty seven. if we could bring that up. And it says this, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So the apostle Paul's saying, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror. So this series is about overcoming, that you're more than a conqueror. And all these things... It's just everything you face in life. In whatever's happened in your week this week, you're more than a conqueror through it. Maybe you had a, an argument with your spouse. Maybe your, your children have concerned you. You know, maybe your, your business is, is, is looking a bit dodgy. Maybe your finances, what, whatever it is you've gone through or whatever conflict, you're more than a conqueror because of him who loved you. Him who loved you is Jesus. Because when we invite Jesus into our heart, we pledge an allegiance to his kingdom. The Bible says that his Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. And the greater is he who lives in you than he that lives in this world. Why are you an overcomer? Are you more special than anyone else? None of us are special than anyone else. But because of Jesus inside of us, because of greater is he that lives in you. You're more than a conqueror because of him. And there's nothing that could happen tomorrow or next year or in 10 years that could stop him from loving you. Amen. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. In our worst state, he came and died for us. And the first week, we talked about who are you. In other words, like a soldier fights in a battle, they, they know their rank, they know their uniform, they, they, they know their place, they know their skills, they know their place in the army. And the second week, We looked at what are you? We looked at that you're a human being in a human body. This is a fleshly body. This body wasn't meant to last forever. It's not meant to last forever. You know, there's people of all different ages here who are on a journey where this body eventually decays and dies. But the real you is a spirit inside. You are an eternal spirit. And that you're on a temporary mission on this earth. That's what you are. The last week we looked at where are you? but that you are, as a spiritual being, that we fight a battle against spiritual forces and that the things we pray and say and do in, 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 in this world, they might be invisible. They may be something you can't see, but when you pray, it changes physical things. And that there's giants in our lives that are real and that are physical, but when we pray, yeah. there are spiritual powers that can destroy the giants yeah. in your world because we serve a kingdom that we can't always see. And today, I'm focusing on what you do, My first point is, you have been sent into this world. You have been sent. See, you're not from this world. When you're a believer and you accept Christ into your life, we pledge allegiance to a different kingdom, a different nation, a holy kingdom that lasts forever, and you become born again into that kingdom. So you're not born of this world. You're not from this world. You're on temporary assignment, I spoke about last week, in a foreign land. This is a foreign land to the kingdom you're from. And Jesus said this in John 17 to 18. Just as He sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. He's talking about you. Just as the Father sent Jesus into the world for a purpose and for a mission, Jesus is then sending you into this world, indicating that you're not from this world. Sending indicates a purpose. You know, you might send your your, your, your partner to go get milk. If they go, don't get milk, and they come home and they forget, we get a bit cranky, don't we? We get a bit frustrated. We're not accidents just roaming around the earth. Jesus says, I send you. When we pledge allegiance to his kingdom, he sends you. Sending has a commissioning, a mission, a purpose, a fulfillment, a reason, a plan behind it. There is a plan and a mission for your life. Last week, I discussed ambassadorship. And my wife showed me that um, Paul Scanlon is a preacher. He's got a thing he's doing on ambassadorship. I just want to let you know that I hadn't even seen it. I was just doing it. So I haven't copied him. He's copied me, I think. We are friends on LinkedIn, so maybe he has. No, he hasn't. And, but, but he added some stuff. I did listen to it this week. And I'm going to incorporate th- write that into the, the ambassadorship that I want to talk about. And I spoke out last week that we are ambassadors of Christ, it says in the Bible. An ambassador represents another nation. They're, they're, they're here from another kingdom. The ambassador to um, Nepal, we'll just say. For Australia, their ambassador represent Australia's interests, Australia's thinking, Australia's political aspects in Nepal. But an interesting point Mr. Cook brought out to me. Mr. David Cook, wherever you are, over there, oh, yeah. humble, humble, brother, just be humble. Okay. No, he brought something out that Paul Scanlon also said. He said, you know, ambassadors are not resourced from the nation they're in. They're resourced from their home country. They're they're resourced not from the host country, but the home country. So when the Bible says you're an ambassador for Christ, an ambassador for his kingdom, so you're not resourced from this earth. Your resource comes from the kingdom that you're representing. And then when you pledge allegiance to his kingdom, you're not only just a citizen. The Bible says while we're in this earth, we're ambassadors. And our source and our supply comes from our source country, our home country. And so it doesn't matter about the economics of your host country. So the ambassador to Nepal might be thinking, oh, I don't want to go to Nepal. I'm going to be living in a heart and I'm going to be begging food. No, he knows that even though he's in Nepal, even though he knows there's poverty, even though there's, there's aspects of how they live life, he knows that his funding comes from a prosperous country, a country with more than enough, and that he's going to have a nice house to live in, and he's going to have a nice car to drive, and he's going to have food on his plate because he's sourced from his home country, so it doesn't matter what the economics of a shepherd and or what's happening around your world. you're not resourced from this earth, from this foundation. From, you're resourced from the foreign country that you're from. Your resource come from heaven, from the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're ambassadors for him. In other words, when we're in that spot, that sense spot, that we're functioning the thing that he created you to be, as an ambassador is functioning in that role. So the stream of that resource flows to you. There's so many people in the Bible that that created farms and crops and harvests, even in droughts, because their source wasn't what they saw with their eyes. Their source was from a kingdom they couldn't see that they were representing on the earth. See, we're resourced by the governing principles of heaven. The governing principles of heaven. What are the policies of the government of God? We could go, oh, well, things aren't going my way. It's, it's the economy. It's this and that. But could it be possibly that we've broken some of those policies? Do you know what I mean? The, the Bible says if, if you sow, you'll reap. I'm not reaping. But are you sowing? No. Well, that's not God. It's, you're not fulfilling the principles of the government that you're representing. The Bible says you can't be a receiver if you're not a giver. Like These are governing principles of the kingdom of God. We have to align our life with those things. So when we're a giver, we receive. When we put God first in our life, we align ourselves with his resourcing policies, then the resources can flow. So I encourage you, it's not about the economics, what's around you. You can flourish even in a desert. You can flourish in a drought because your resource comes from the kingdom that you're serving. Do you know this, this church is an embassy, Paul Scanlon talked about. Churches are embassies. See, when you walked in these doors, you left Australia. Just You're actually in an embassy of the kingdom of God. This is a place where God's business takes place. Some of you are getting new passports in your heart today. See, this is where God's... We are in holy soil when we come to a church. An embassy represents another nation. See, when you go to the embassy of America in Sydney, you are actually in American soil. It's legally counted as American soil, the embassy. So when you come into God's house, you're legally on God's soil. You're in his kingdom. You may not be a citizen yet. You haven't made a pledge of allegiance. You're just here having a look today. That's okay. Okay. You can be a citizen. I can go on a holiday to America. It doesn't make me a citizen. And so it's great that you're here having a look. But we really want to encourage you to become a citizen. That's to of allegiance to his kingdom. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling on fire today. Okay second point is live as a conqueror in this world so we're in this world as an ambassador but live as a conqueror don't just hang around waiting for jesus you know when i first became a christian in the 80s there was this whole thing that jesus is going to come soon you know like anyone was around then jesus is going to come soon 1990 jesus will be coming soon year 2000 oh yeah we won't be here after year 2000 i knew people who wouldn't go to uni because what's the point of spending that money because jesus will be here in three years People who wouldn't get mortgages for loans. Why would I get a mortgage and buy a house? I'm I'm going to be gone in three years. Jesus is coming. And Ronald Reagan and the government and Henry Kissinger's the Antichrist. And this is all the stuff that was going around. People nodding their heads. And I knew people who, who stopped living life because they thought Jesus was coming tomorrow. And we've got to live that Jesus is going to return one day. But he also wants you to flourish as an ambassador until that day. Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all of your heart. Whatever your hand finds to do, whatever it is little or it's big, do it with all your heart unto God and not unto men. Yeah. You know, if I give a job to a young person and, and they just do it half-heartedly, uh, you know, it's, no, do it unto God. When I see somebody doing something unto God with all of their heart, I mean, that person's got a mark on them they're going to do well in this life because yeah. the heart attitude is right. Yeah. And we're going to look at a, a bit of a story today, and we're going to look at the story of Israel being in Babylon. And Israel in the Bible, in the Old Testament, represents Christians, or it represents God's kingdom, or it was God's kingdom in the earth, or is. Babylon represents the world. So in the book of Revelations, it talks about the great whore of Babylon and Babylon. Babylon simply means the world system. And so Israel was this great nation. They were serving God. They would had Solomon the king, and there was heaps of wealth, and people were serving God with all their heart, and they had King David. Then they got some really not so good kings. And eventually, they stopped putting God first in their life. And they put him like second. Then he was third. And then he was fifth. Then he was tenth. And everything else was above God in their life. And God, that was idols. They were worshipping false gods. God gave them all these warnings and warnings and warnings over generations and generations to turn back and make me first in your life. And in the end, he said, okay, if you're not, another nation's going to come and war against you and take you captive. So the whole of Judah and Israel were taken captive into this nation of Babylon, and they ceased to exist as a nation. That took place in about 605 BC. See, Babylon was believed to have been the largest city in the world in the day, this powerful empire. It was the center of commerce. It was the center of technology. It was the center of fashion and philosophy, architecture, and it was an incredible military and political force. It was the place to be, and and Israel had been taken captive there and were living there. And the Babylonians would get the, a nation that they conquered and they would assimilate them through the empire to destroy their identity, to destroy their cultures and their ways. So people became Babylonian and there wasn't the different nations. We were just this one nation and that's how they grew and uh, went ahead. And I want to encourage you with this as we look at this, that God is saying he will be faithful and prosper in what you've got right now. And there was these prophets saying to Israel, you're only going to be here for two years. Don't settle. Don't, don't get a mortgage. Don't get married. Don't have children. Live in limbo because this is temporary. You're going back to Israel in six months. And they were living in this state. And it wasn't God's will because they were going to be there for 70 years. So he sent a guy called Jeremiah, who was a prophet, to tell the people, this is how you should live because this, these other guys are wrong. And this is what the prophet Jeremiah said in 20, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4-6. to six. The Lord Almighty... The God of Israel sends this message to all the captives. He's exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes, plan to stay, plant vineyards, for you will be there many years. Marry and have children and then find mates for them and have many grandchildren. Multiply, don't dwindle away and work for the peace and the prosperity of Babylon. Pray for her, for if Babylon has peace, so will you. And Babylon was an evil kind of corrupt nation. Like the evil of this world. And God was telling them to pray for the peace. Because if it has peace, you will have peace. And I want to say that and change a few words. Let me read that again. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says this message to all the captives. He's exiled to Shepherdon from the Gold Coast or wherever you're from. Okay. Am I just bear with me. Bear with you I got you laughing, okay? Because it's been serious to now, so it's good. No, it is very good. Okay. Just hear my story out, please don't judge me build homes plant to stay plant vineyards for you will be there many years marry and have children and then find mates for them and have many more grandchildren multiply don't dwindle away and work for the peace and the prosperity of shepherd and pray for her for if shepherd has peace so will you and if this is where god has you right now live life to the full here live to the max don't live with your foot in one camp and foot in another camp My house is still trying to sell on the Gold Coast. As soon as it's sold, I could totally be in camp here. I am in camp, but I've still got to get that thing sold. Be where you are. Do the best with what you've got. Let God use you where you are and change your city. And I want to look at a particular person in the Bible called Daniel, who was one of the captives who came from Israel. And his little story here was Daniel was born of a noble birth. See, Daniel was a prince in Israel. He's in Babylon now. He's he's no longer in his position and his authority as a prince. He knows in his heart he's a prince. His grandfathers and and ancestors had been kings of Israel. And here he is serving the Babylonians. He looks out his window and all he saw was Babylon. The world was out there. But his heart was thinking of where he was from and who he really was. Then Daniel, he was secure about his identity. Because the Bible says that, that... the Babylonians gave him a new name and a new identity. And they changed his name to Belshazzar or Belshazzar, which means Bel protect my, my life. And Bel was a foreign god, a foreign idol, a deity. And Daniel's name had meant um, God is my judge. And so the Babylonians changed his name and his identity. And he could easily go, this is terrible, this is horrible, the shame that, that I'm supposed to be this God is my judge. And here my name is after a foreign evil god. A foreign idol. But he doesn't go, don't call me that, because he was secure in who he was on the inside. It wasn't the labels that Babylon put on him that mattered. He didn't fight against him because he knew he was secure in his heart that he was Daniel, that he was a prince with God, that he was from another nation. And even though he's in Babylon, even though you might be in this world right now, that you are a prince, the Bible says. You are a princess. You are a child of the Most High God. We need to know our security is in the kingdom that we're from, that our home country, not our host country. It didn't matter the labels that Babylon said. It doesn't matter the labels that this world puts on you. They may say you're too tall, you're too skinny, you don't have the right colored hair, you're this, you're that. It doesn't matter their labels. What is, you know, in your heart who you are. Daniel knew who he was. Thank you, it is good. Thank you. Don't listen to the labels. See, it's not what comes on you from outside that defiles you, the Bible says, is what comes out of you. It doesn't matter the names you get called. It doesn't make you any less. It doesn't matter your hair color or, or, or the haircut. It doesn't matter if you've got tattoos. It doesn't matter if you had earrings. It doesn't matter that you dress really fashionably or you don't dress fashionably. There's nothing on the external that makes us less godly. It's what's in your heart that comes out that might change that. It's the spirit that's in you, not the things that the world might put on you. We can't judge someone's a Christian or not by looking at them. Yeah. It's what motivation and things that come out of them. There's love come out. There's hope come out. Yeah. Forgiveness come out of them. Okay, i lost my spot in my excitement. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, verse, chapter one, verse four, it says this. Daniel was good looking, gifted in wisdom, Possessing knowledge and quick to understand. And I know Shane Hall's is thinking, hey, they're just talking about me right now. Because he's awesome. Because he's awesome. But I read that and I go, husband material. Wife material. We're all, all the single ladies. This should be your prayer. I want him to be good looking. That should be first, shouldn't it? Good looking. Gifted in wisdom. Possessing knowledge and quick to understand. So he knows who's boss. Straight from the get go. I want to add, it. if you're going to pray that prayer, you're single, I'll just give you another one, just add, it's at the end, okay? So it's not your priority, but, and has money. Like, just, just a little tack on, Jesus, good looking first, good character, we want that. And if they could have money, that'd be an extra bonus. So just tack that on when you make your prayer, just thank me later. So this is what they said Daniel was like. Daniel was recognized by the king's people as somebody different. There was something different about him, so they chose him to Um, learn the the Babylonian ways so that he could serve the king. There's something about him that there was a spirit in him that they could identify, that we follow Jesus. There's a spirit in us that we pray and hope that people identify, that there's a light in us that maybe other people don't have. So Daniel was chosen, and he was trained for three years in all the Babylonian ways, like a bachelor's degree, basically. He did a bachelor's degree in Babylonian affairs. He learned the culture. He learned the language. He learned their history. He learned their way of thinking about life. Why they did that and why they did that. He he learned everything about them, their, 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 their museum stuff, their their what they were trying to achieve. He dressed like a Babylonian. He would have looked like a Babylonian. But inside he knew who he really was, so it didn't deter him. See, it's not your qualifications, your title, or your occupation, or what you do that defines you. It's who the creator. The king who has sent you on a mission as an ambassador that determines who and what you are and what you do. See, Daniel, why did did God train Daniel in all these Babylonian ways? And many of them wouldn't have been very pleasant. Why was God doing that? Because God was going to use him. God was going to use him to speak into the culture of the day. See, God was training him to know the ways of the Babylonians. He was secure in who he was on the inside and it wasn't going to corrupt him. And God chose him to speak into circumstances. He could speak. He was relevant to the generation. And that's why as churches, our message doesn't change, but our forum and how we do it has to change. We have to be relevant to our culture. We have to be relevant to Babylon because how can we get Babylon saved if if people come in here and this is like weird foreign place? It's got to be a place that that at least they can identify these people understand me. There's people in that room who actually dress like me and people that look like me. Maybe I can become a part of here. See, Daniel didn't reject the world system, but he flourished in it. Yeah. He flourished as an ambassador of another kingdom. Yeah. He lived from God's perspective that he's from another kingdom in a foreign world. The ultimate God, goal for God, for Daniel, was he would be a spokesperson for God to the king of Babylon, the most powerful man in the world. Daniel was being prepared and groomed for a special, special mission. So, you don't know the, the, the studies that you've done. You don't know the experiences that you've been through. And maybe the, the jobs and the countries that you've come from, that, that God uses all those things for good. You don't know that all those things that you've learned and things you've been brought through, that God is preparing you as He sent you, that you're going to walk into rooms one day and you're going to walk into a room and people are going to identify, hey, hey, I was a plumber like you. Talk to me. Hey, 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 I was an, I'm an accountant. Are you an accountant? Are you, you went through that marriage issue. I went through that. You know, all your experiences are going to bring you to a place where God will use you to be his mouthpiece, into lives, into circumstances, that you would shine a light in dark places that maybe no one else, no one else can step into that room but you, because of the uniqueness of what you have been through. And that's what happened to Daniel. The king had a dream. He couldn't sleep for days, and it disturbed him, like those dreams that you have that you never forget. You know, you have dreams, you remember them 20 years later? i got some of them too. He had one of those dreams and, and he couldn't sleep. And so he said to all his um, officials and all the wise people and all the philosophers and, and in the whole land and said, I want you to interpret my dream, but I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. Because he knew that he'd have this story here and this person would interpret that and this would be this. And uh, How does he know what the truth is? He said, but if you can tell me what my dream was... I'm going to believe that your interpretation is true. Yeah. And they all said, you're nuts. Yeah. No one can be in your head and have seen your dream. There's no God or person on this earth. who's going to know your dream. So Daniel, who he was in the room. He was in the room. He couldn't have got to the room if he didn't go through the experiences that he went through. Yeah. He says, leave it with me. I'm going to pray to the God of heaven and earth. He knows all things. And he goes away and prays. And God says, this was the dream. And this is the interpretation. So Daniel turns up. And he walks into the room and he says in Daniel 2.28, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw on your bed as you lay there. And it was the dream. The interpretation was about world affairs and empires and, and what was going to happen in the future. And then see then the king got on his knees before Daniel. Can you imagine the king on those powerful empire gets on his knees. I mean, it's not done. And and bowed before Daniel, this young guy. And then the Bible says that he gave him great gifts and he promoted Daniel in the kingdom. Great gifts from him would have been fairly affluent gifts, I would think. You would think so. And he promoted him. Daniel was elevated in Babylon. See, God can elevate you in the eyes of this world. Not to make you just feel good, but he wants to bring fulfillment because he wants to glorify himself. He wants to save people. He wants you to reach people because you have a mission. You've been sent. So why am I talking about this today? I want you to embrace the culture you live in. Be in the world, but not of the world, knowing you're from another kingdom and you're temporarily on assignment here. So what are we to do with more than conquering? You're to be you, but you're to be who God's called you to be and, and flourish whatever your hand finds to do, do with all of your heart. And I... Uh, ask the music folk to start to come up. You are more than a conqueror. Not because you're special, but because of who sent you. You're special because of who lives in you. And when you pledge allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom, he sends his Holy Spirit as a passport to live inside of you, that you have access to rooms and opportunities that maybe others don't have. As an ambassador, the world around you doesn't determine where you're from. What you see with your eyes out these doors isn't where you're from. You're from another nation, another kingdom, another people. And God wants to use you in this place of shepherding or wherever you're living to be His light in the darkness, to be His ambassador. Just because you see stuff going on doesn't mean it's you. You can have all this bad stuff going around you, it's what's on the inside. Who are you in God? You can have storm on the outside, but peace on the inside. Your home country and your king, they resource you to fulfill that purpose. Don't freak out when stock markets go down. Don't freak out when property go down. Don't freak out when maybe you lose your job. I mean, you know, we've got natural. Don't freak out because our hope comes from another kingdom. And he knows what you need before you even ask. We need to align our life with Him. Who you are, what you are, where you are determines what you do. And if we're in God's place and we're doing the right thing with Him, He's going to bless. He's going to prosper. It's not always about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm just, He wants you to flourish in whatever you're doing. You know, the most important thing I think in life is having fulfillment in a heart. Who cares about having heaps of stuff if you don't have peace inside of you? Peace inside is the greatest gift we could have in, in this world, no matter what's going on, to fulfill the purpose that he's made for you as a unique individual. We've got to stop looking at everybody else. They're doing this and they're doing that. And Jesus says, you just follow me. You just follow me. And what I lead you into is going to be completely different to what I'm going to lead them into, because I know what you need more than you need yourself. If we could just stand today, and I just want to pray of you as a church. I just want to pray over you today. God calls things that are not as if they were. He wants you to see things that are not as if they were. If he's telling you that he's going to do something in your life, you trust in him and trust in the invisible voice over what your natural eyes see. I have learned the invisible voice of God in my soul is a guarantee. What I see with my eyes changes from day to day. And I just want to pray over us as a church. So if you're comfortable just to kind of lift your hands or just open your heart, even just doing that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room. That you've called them to pledge an allegiance to your kingdom. That you would do great and mighty things with with every human life, Father that you would cause the resources of heaven to flow through us and out into our community and to people around us, that we can make a difference, that we can transform society around us, that we can flourish and do the things you've called us to. And that it's not by our might nor our power or our gifting, but it's he who sent us and he who lives inside of us. And I pray you would open our eyes in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's give God a shout and a clap. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepperton.